Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 166 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? Hey, Megan. So I, before we get into the topic, I just want to know, like, if you're listening to this and are a longtime listener, did you notice anything different? I'm sure that you did because we get so, even if you don't listen to our intro normally, you tune it out. Well, that's what I think is people just kind of tune it out or go on autopilot. But I was just thinking this today, like, you ever driven through town and like a building went up really fast? Yeah. Or they changed out the streetlights or something and you know something is wrong, but you can't figure out what it is. I wonder if anyone's having that feeling right now. So, yes, we did change our intro finally after like, what, two years? Well, so we've been doing the show three and a half and it's the second time we've changed it. And I want to say it's about halfway, you know, like it was like just under two years the first time. So another just under two years, year and a half. Yeah, yeah. I know. And we're going to talk about lasts today. And one of the reasons we had to change it is we said we're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. And I don't have a preschooler anymore because in about three weeks, my last baby's going to be in kindergarten. And that is like, that's not all of what today's about, but a lot of what we're going to talk about is that kind of lastness. So it's kind of, it's kind of perfect, but we do have a new intro. We recorded it together, which is always fun. Yes, um, in your parents' guest room in yeah. Santa Barbara. That was amazing. We had an, a mountain view as we were recording, which I think made us very... It did. It know, was inspired. Very inspired, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so welcome to the new intro. If this is your first time listening, you have no idea what the old one sounded like, but... You can go back and listen to old episodes. And yeah, and the it. old, yeah. old one, too. So. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, we are talking about milestones we notice and a bunch that we kind of don't notice because they sneak up on us. But we're not talking about the firsts. We're really talking about the lasts. And we put a call out on social media just in the last couple of days and got amazing input. We always do. But this was particularly, I don't know, poignant, I thought. Yes, we got so many great responses. And this was one where as we, I was outlining, I couldn't stop thinking yeah. up 
like ones that I hadn't even thought about. And I'd say, oh my gosh, how long has it been since my kid did this or yeah. since my kid did that? And it was like kind of sad I in know. a way that, cause there was stuff I didn't know yeah. that had been over for a while. Exactly. It takes that looking back to realize, oh, that, that is no longer, but I don't think this is going to be a super like weepy, sad episode either. So many of the lasts come with really exciting firsts or yes. like new phases. So this isn't just going to be a sob. It's fest. not going to be a bummer. Yeah. No. Um, but I love that there's something in here for new moms and then really seasoned moms. Cause we had moms comment and said like, I just sent my last baby off to high school or we're packing for college. So it's just, it never ends. So yeah, I love it. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. <laughs> and I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Okay. So Megan, I wanted to start just with let's go big picture like we do. And I just yes. was going to ask you, do you, as a mom, do you feel like you are someone who kind of notices lasts the last time something happens? And we're going to talk about how some are, some are unnoticeable. So we can talk about that, but maybe the ones that are a little bit more out there in your face, somebody's last day of school or the, you know, 
the last time, whatever. Do you feel like you kind of notice those and mentally mark them or do they kind so, of, is it more of a retrospective? Yeah. Mm. I am one of those people who like, I'll think about it a lot ahead of time. Yes. And then it happens and I like somehow everything is so chaotic. I just don't like notice it happening. And I, I feel like that's even happened with my kids leaving one grade and moving in, like out of their school and moving into yeah. a different school. It's like there's all this pomp and circumstance around it building up to it. And I'll think about it. Oh, my gosh, this is Owen's last year of, you know, when or when it was his last year of elementary school, for example. Right. But then that last day came and went and I didn't really notice until like two weeks later. And then it hits me. So I would say I'm more someone who it hits afterward whether that's a day after or a year depends on what the um, milestone is and there's been so many that I totally didn't notice until many many months had gone by and that's yeah that's been a lot actually Um, (laughs) I know what about you yeah I I really notice them in anticipation and that should surprise no one because I do think ahead a lot and I'm kind of a planner and I almost feel like it's kind of like a rehearsing for the sad almost Um, but like you I think it's really easy to get caught up especially when we're talking about these like real big ones like the end of school year and these sort of passing uh, transitions Um, they are really chaotic and you sometimes you don't have the time or the space to sort of feel the feels Um, but I I am someone I am my memories are all very chronologically rooted I don't have a great memory for like experiences or feelings I have a really good memory for timelines and chronology so if you ask me when something happened or if we were talking about a memory if I remember it I will be able to tell you what year it was and what else was happening that year, which means I am pretty acutely aware of um, the passage of time and sort of anniversaries of things. So I'm often thinking this time last year we were doing this. And so I think lasts are all wrapped up in that, but it tends to happen more in anticipation than in the moment for me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. And I, I think I am, I tend to notice things more after uh-huh. and it's much more emotional. It's yes. much more tied to a feeling. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I can't even really remember like anything about like where I was or what was happening or who was president or any of those yeah. things when X, Y, and Z happened, but I can remember snippets like the, the emotionally charged yeah. things around it. So yeah. yeah. Do you, um, are you someone who has kind of melancholy or bittersweet or sad or nostalgic feelings about kids growing up? Or is it more, um, is it more mixed? I guess like, have you had the, had the sadness that comes with some of these lasts? I would not say sadness. I've had moments of, I've definitely had bittersweet moments where I get choked up and but it's not really, I wouldn't describe it really as sad. It's just emotional. Like It's just, you know what I mean? It's like fraught with lots of things. And there's like a little twinge of sadness and excitement that's all wrapped up in yeah. that and like relief often. Yeah. And so I, I wasn't someone who cried when my kids went to kindergarten. Yeah. I've never been someone who've noted, who's noticed like a milestone and gotten really sad about it. But there have been like, sometimes it'll hit me out of the blue and it's just some weird stupid thing yeah. that kind of just gives me a moment of like, oh, well, you know? I, I'm the same way. And I, I, I really don't get sad. Usually sometimes I feel the significance, the kind of emotional yeah. weight of something or like, yeah, just the, just the significance of it. But it is very rarely a sad feeling. And, um, I, I actually, it used to really bother me and occasionally still does bother me when people assume I am sad about my kids getting older. You know, I yeah. have a I have a tween who looks older than she is and I've been getting a lot of like 
the teen years are coming or like yeah, this yep. kind of like assumption that it's all doom and gloom. And I know people aren't really thinking when they're saying, you know, and then of course, right. when you have you and I are both done having kids. So when you have your last baby, there's some there's some wistfulness about that. But mm-hmm. it, it used to really bug me when people assumed I was sad about kids growing up and getting older, because I think there's so many good things about it. Obviously, there are. I love having bigger kids. And I will also say I when I have been sad and there have been moments that I've felt sad or or wistful is a great word about kids getting older. It's almost always about me yes. more than about them. I was going to say the almost same thing. always like I have never regretted seeing my kids move from one phase into another. Right. I always think it's exciting and a good thing. But sometimes I've been a little sad about me having to leave behind a stage of my life that I won't ever get back. You know, so there there is a little sadness. Yes. there. I mean, and we've both written about that. Yes. But and I, it's I, not because I'm like, oh, man, I'm so bummed that Clara's not two anymore at all. I am not bummed about that. No, (laughs) one of the ones I was going to mention later is leaving our preschool. And I did get a little caught up and it was absolutely more about me. There's no, being a preschool mom is just, it just comes with a lot of things. There's like the snacks and the parties and it's just, it's very much its own thing. And it had everything to do with me and that phase of my life because I've had somebody in preschool for seven years straight. And it had yeah. nothing to do with being sad that my preschooler was becoming a kindergartner. So I, I, yeah. I just really relate to what you said. Absolutely. I had I had a moment. Um, I don't know. It, it was a couple of years ago now, but I was at the park with Clara and I looked over and and I think it was like she had learned to pump. So yeah. I wouldn't even have to, like, push her on the swings anymore. And I'm just sitting there and I look over and I see this mom with maybe a baby and a toddler and a preschooler, like three little ones. Yeah. And I thought, man, moms are all getting so young. <laughs> this weird moment of like realizing that I'm not that young mom anymore. Like I used to be. Yeah. And that was such my identity for so long. Yeah. That was very disorienting. Sad isn't even the right word. It was like, wait, who am I? This is like, that was me. I always felt a little bit of like the badge of honor that came with having your hands full and your, your hands were even more full than mine, but at different phases, we probably each had like the three Yep, three little ones. Spaced. Yep. And I always kind of like, as hard as it was, there was like that kind of it was a pride, little pride. Yes. Yeah. Of people looking at you like, wow, look at her. And yep. I'm like, no one looks at me that way anymore. No, nobody I, even pays any attention to I me. I rarely now. have them all out right. in public. I mean, I do if we're going to do something, but like in the grocery store and in the Target. And if I do, they're well behaved and like walking in a straight line, acting like yeah. humans. So yeah, acting like, yeah, like growing <laughs> humans. So very different. That's really funny. Okay. So I guess the way we're going to go through these, we got so many great ones from our listeners and you and I have some. Um, but we sort of categorized them and I thought we could go kind of quickly, but these are all going to overlap and we're just going to yeah. throw out some that have happened to us or that we've thought of um, and kind of just it'll flow from there. But um, yep. so the first little category is the lasts that come with gaining independence, which go figure like basically from the time they're born until yep. forever, kids are constantly being less dependent on you. Um, and we had listeners say everything from the last time you swaddled a newborn to like, you know, taking the car keys and driving away. So right. do, do you have any that come to mind for you? Oh, yeah, I've got a couple. And I actually am moving things around in the outline right now because I'm realizing some some things I had as we like had. There's a little different categories. Okay. Like, yeah. So two that I have in my mind. Um, the last time the kids asked to sleep in my bed. Now, they haven't all stopped asking. And I, this is different for me because we did co-sleep. Yeah. So your kids probably never bothered to ask nope. because they didn't ever sleep in your bed. So nope. it was never a thing. But mine, you know occasionally two of them sometimes still do um three of them have not in many years yeah like many many years and um I don't know when that stopped I don't remember you know I have no idea when that was I would assume that 
like Owen is old for it and he knows he's old for it and he'll be like oh I just want to sleep by the cat and then I'll say well you know you can sleep maybe on the couch and the kitty can sleep with you out there if you want and so it's like he's kind of straddling that edge and I know he doesn't actually want to sleep in bed with his mom but there's something comforting about it yeah Clara will still ask and I think now that I'm single and I've gotten used to having my own space I am very intolerant of having interesting elbows and feet and stuff on me at night. This is my domain. No, and I'm kind of like, absolutely not. But I try to be kind about it. I remember when my parents divorced when I was little, and I remember being really into wanting to sleep in my mom's bed for like three years after the divorce. So I try to be kind about it. And if I can, if I know I don't have a night where I have to get up early the next day, sometimes I'll let her and I stick a pillow between us so that I don't end up beaten (laughs) up. Um, Another one is last time I saw a kid in the bath. Yes. It has been a long time. I still help Clara with the shower. Right. But like she's very modest. She does not want to be looked at. I have I don't remember when the boys stopped letting me walk in and out. And it's right. not like they needed a lot of help. Right. But like I wanted to make sure they didn't drown and I would have the door open and yep. kind of wander in and out and it was no big deal. And then one day the door was shut. Yes. Um and I don't remember when that was. I think I talked about this on a recent episode, but like privacy has come differently to my older two kids and they both yeah. prefer privacy now, but it was very gradual with Allegra and read it was like overnight. And so, and he's, he's eight, he's a young eight and he's a little tiny guy. So it doesn't even feel like it. It's not like it would be inappropriate or anything. I just, right. he just com- wants complete privacy. And he used to, I used to kind of help him take his clothes off in our upstairs hallway and help him change him to pajamas all the time. And then like in an instant it was gone. And I was like, yeah. Oh, Okay. Um, so yeah, that one is, it can be sudden, it can be gradual and you don't, it's not a last that you think about. Um, in terms of gaining independence, a lot of our listeners wrote about like the last time a kid asks to be picked up or the last time they want to hold your hand in the street. And again, those are lasts that we have no idea when the last time is going to be. It's not, it's an unknowable thing. It's more that you realize like, oh, I haven't held my kid's hand crossing the street in a long time or whatever. Um, The one thing I wanted to say about those is I I'm sure you would agree that kids go in and out of kind of not clinginess is the wrong word, but like wanting that um, independence and then wanting that dependence a little bit. So you might have a kid who doesn't ask to be held and then maybe they're sick or maybe they're going through a hard phase and all of a sudden they want to snuggle again. So maybe that's a little bit of like, it, that one ebbs and flows. It does ebb and flow a little bit, I think. But I will also say that one of the when you mentioned like you know being asked to be picked up, um, I was just thinking the other day about how I cannot physically pick up any yes. of my kids anymore. They are past that stage. And Clara at one point did ask for me to pick her up, and I can't remember where we were. I feel like we were like at a zoo or something, and she was tired, and she really wanted me to hold her so that she could see over a fence. Okay, and I I couldn't pick yeah. her up. And I was like, when did that happen? Yeah. Like, was not only did sad? she stop ask, I think she was, mm, I think she was more like she really just wanted the convenience of being yeah. picked up. <laughs> I don't think she was sad that I couldn't hold her. I think she just was like tired and yeah. wanted a ride. And I think actually one of her big brothers put him on her back, her, oh, that's her, her on his back. So it was fine. But like, I remember being like, whoa, when did this happen? Right. Well, I think Allegra gets sad because she is very tall and big for her age. I mean, she's she's not that makes her sound like she's a giant, but she's on the the tall end. Um, And so I think it just happened sooner than developmentally. Like she's still a kid. Um, Brian could like give her a piggyback, but she's uh, there's no way I could pick her up. And because she's the oldest and we can pick up the other two and Reed is really little. So like there's a big difference. Like so she had to kind of she got booted out of the nest 
yeah. sooner in that particular area, which is, I don't know, it's kind of hard. Uh, but I well, do think that's when the ebbs and flows. Kids will come yeah. back and want, want that, even and if they- And sometimes they can't have it, yeah. and that's sad for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so the next category is just, it's all in the same vein. And that is like when we're actually, kids are actually outgrowing things. So it's not so much about them- leaving you and wanting their own independence. It's just that it's just milestones, like the regular stuff. Yeah. So um, lots of people brought up rocking babies to sleep or nursing them to sleep or nursing or bottle feeding in general. So I'll just throw out yeah. that I was, I was very aware of lasts with Violet because it was very, I just, she, I knew she was our last baby. So it was very, it was top of mind, especially in that first year and a half, two years. I wouldn't say it's not as top of mind anymore. I feel like I just have three kids, but at the time it was like, this is my last baby. And I nursed her longer than the others. I nursed her about 17 months, which for me was, you know, a few months longer than the others. Um, and I absolutely knew it was the end. We were, um, we were down to like once a day and I think it was the morning feed. So she'd wake up and nurse in the morning and she wasn't the type of toddler who was asking for it. Like she didn't, yeah. she had her lovey. She was so for, busy. She was busy and she had her lovey for comfort. So she yeah. wasn't the type who'd lift up my shirt during the day. Like some babies do. So it was our morning routine. She'd wake up, I'd get her out of her crib and we'd nurse. And I just, I knew it was coming because she, I don't think she cared anymore. And I had very little milk. I tend to lose milk supply. Once I start to wean, I have a yeah. pretty decent supply, like while it's exclusive, but then, so I had very little milk and it just felt like, okay, I could keep going once a day forever, but I don't know that she cares. And I think we were yeah. traveling, but I, I remember even taking a couple like blurry selfies, like nursing selfies toward that last week or two. Cause I just, it was, I was very aware was of the lastness. And I actually do remember the last time I nursed her, we were on vacation. So we were in a different location and I don't remember why I decided or why that was the last day, but I think we'd skipped a day or two. And I just thought, I think this is it. And it was, and it was. So that was, I have a very strong memory of that one. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that. I don't remember, but I do remember the last time William nursed, it was because he was the only one I ever nursed for any amount of time while pregnant. Um, oh, pregnant interesting. Owen. And I, let's see, we were all like on a vacation and I was trying to cram into this tiny little bed. Like he and he and Jacob and Isaac were in like their little hotel bed. And I was in mine. He was like two. And I was all uncomfortable yeah. and I finally just said, well, I can't. And he goes, he kind of sighed and went, okay. And that was it. We like literally never did again. Cause I was, it, it gets sore and I was uncomfortable yeah. and I just yeah. was done. I was just like yeah. at that moment, I didn't intend to nurse through the pregnancy. I just hadn't gotten around to weaning him, Yeah, but he went, he really, he just kind of in his very William way, I was just like, oh, all right. And oh. then that was it. Owen, this is kind of funny. He was, he is really the first kid I regularly left while he was still nursing because I started going to conferences. And so right. I was leaving him overnight kind of a lot and not a lot, like not every week, but it was, you know, pretty regularly. And I think around, he was just under two. I want to say I was on my way to a conference. I was going to be gone for like four days and I knew I wouldn't have time to pump a whole lot. And I wasn't, I didn't have a ton of milk anyway right. at that point. So I remember making this big deal about, this is the last time. And I remember getting all sad and like really looking forward to like, you know, moving on, but all the bittersweetness and nostalgia. Right. And mind you, I also 
intended for him to be my last kid at that point. Yeah. So I made it this big deal in my head about how this was going to be the last time. Yeah. I went to the conference. Interestingly, I was not uncomfortable at all at the conference. I barely pumped, which was also unusual for me. It was just all these weird things yeah. really kind of happening. And then I got back and I changed my mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I let him nurse again because I didn't care. I think having the break and being yeah. gone for four days was enough for me to yeah. be like, oh, that's okay. I can keep doing this. And and to be honest, we never really got back to it right. as much as we had before. But he came up to me like for like a day. He didn't care. He kind yeah. of kids have that funny way of like they look like they forgot. Like yeah. if mom leaves, they come back and they're like they're kind of looking at your boobs. Like yeah. I know Wait, there's something here. There's something about like. this, but I don't remember what it is. And then one he just remembered, and we probably nursed for two or three more months after that. And the funny thing is, I don't remember the last time we actually nursed because it happened more gradually. Same right, but you mentally yeah. you mentally went through it. That's really funny. yes, I mentally went through it, and then it was like a never mind, which I just think is pretty funny. I but. love it. Okay, so I have to do have a couple um, shout outs to our social media comments okay. here um, in the same this same vein of outgrowing things. Um, Hanley from Instagram said that her oldest no longer needs his favorite panda bear to go to sleep at night. And her oldest is nine. So this is like that lovey that they, you know, yeah. they, they hold on to for a while. And that's that's consistent with my kids, too. Um, Allegra has one, but she doesn't ever need it anymore. Reed has them in his bed, his little loveys, but he doesn't really, they're not that Carry essential anymore. Yeah. And he actually, when we went on vacation earlier this summer, he was like, I don't need to bring them. Um, and that is, it's like, it's one of those things that tends to linger from early childhood. And so yeah. then the last seems almost more shocking. Cause it's like, yeah. hey, you know, maybe they don't carry it around all the time anymore, but it's still part of them. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, no, thanks. Um, we had several people talking about outgrowing um, cribs and strollers, um, which I really relate to. Again, it's that last kid thing. If something's been yes. passed down to multiple kids, then the the last one outgrowing it is sort of filled with all the significance of all of the all kids. of them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and then Julie, I liked this one. Julie from Instagram on Instagram said, "The last time your kiddo can wear toddler clothing, she said the little girl next size up is way too teeny bopper for me. No more cute little kid clothes." And so that's one that's kind of like forced on you from the outside world, and you're like, "Wait, no more rompers." Um, so I liked those. Um, Anything else come to mind for you? Oh, I was going to say outgrowing mispronunciations. That's another, like, the last time oh. they say, you know how they say, like, Violet says oatmeal instead of oatmeal. Yes. And, like, ah, that's just a hard one. Like, you never, that is one that I do feel sad about. Like, I never want those to go away. Yeah, I, well, and for Clara, we, a lot of our kids have hung on to those mispronunciations yeah. because we've made them part of the family. Yes, we do that too. Vernacular kind of, but I remember when Clara started spelling better. Oh, yeah. And when her little stories started to make sense and they yeah. weren't just collections of letters that she used to put the most, I mean, her spelling is still not great, but she used to put the most amazing collections of letters together to make <laughs> words out of. And if you really sat there and stared at it for a while, it made sense. Yes. But like it was like cipher like it was yeah. really something else it was like cracking code and when she went to kindergarten and actually started to learn how to make real words I remember being like well ah, yeah I know yeah, that she, is yeah that is another one I will be sad about I think I have one more kid to go who's like hasn't even started trying yeah. to put them together and you know um but that's another cute one so Okay, so the last little category before we take a break, and this is one I have to say when I asked our listeners, I had kind of forgotten that this is tied up in lasts, but that is the material things that we get rid of. And yeah. so I mentioned I mentioned cribs and rockers, and I'll tell my, my quick story on those, but um, there's a lot when you're cleaning out toys and strollers. And yeah. so this is like uh, material things are a real trigger. And I hadn't even, I'd kind of forgotten that, but 
Um, I just have this mental image of our crib, which had three of my babies uh, on the curb. And I did do a, I sold it or gave it away. I gave it away, but I on through like a Facebook group or whatever. And someone came and got it. And I just like, it was one of those where I felt all the weight and significance of it. I didn't, I didn't like cry or anything, but I was just like, my crib is on the curb. Like I felt yeah. like I should write a poem about it or something. Yeah. It was just like yes. really significant. And then our rocker, our like rocking chair glider, um, which at the time that I set up my first nursery was the, it wasn't terribly expensive, but we had all hand me down Ikea furniture at that point. It was the most expensive piece of furniture we'd ever bought as a newly married couple. And it lasted all three babies. It was so comfortable and I didn't get rid of it. It's in our bedroom now. And I put laundry <laughs> on it. No one ever sits in it. We don't rock in it, but I just haven't gotten to that point. So it's one that I'm holding on to. But what things do you have come to mind for material things? Um, I have a couple. One is, so for us, like their favorite baby outfits, I did not hang on to a lot of baby outfits. I really didn't. Um, I don't know that I cared much. Like I remember as a little kid looking through and seeing like the one or two outfits my mom had kept. Uh-huh. But it's not like I wanted them when I was an adult. Yeah, it, it just didn't. And I'm I'm not much like certain things hold memories for me and certain things don't. And yeah. I never had attachment to my baby clothes because I didn't remember being a baby. Yep. So that was really more about my mom. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I was more attached to my books and I have a lot more of that kind of stuff from when I was a kid. Um. So anyway, I I have a few baby outfits and I couldn't figure out what to do with them. It didn't make sense to store them. I just couldn't decide what to do. So you know how I. Um, I've got my little system, which is always changing about yeah. how I do hand-me-downs yep. and seasonal stuff. I just keep the baby clothes in with all that Aww. stuff. So every time I do a turnover, I see it. I so love like that. twice a year, I get to see there's like a couple little baby outfits, like a onesie and then this adorable Star Wars shirt that I, for some reason, it's got R2-D2 on it. And when I think about Jacob as a baby, in fact, when I think about all of them, but in particular, Jacob, that's the that's the shirt that yeah. comes to mind. And so I just get to kind of pull them out and go, huh. That is, and then I put I, them back. I really <laughs> like that. I mean, anything. Yeah. I almost feel that way about like Christmas stuff. Like when you anything yeah. that you touch once a year, it brings up all the memories of the prior years. It's like, it's well, like a little time capsule yeah. you get to revisit. And there are plenty of things in our, our Christmas box that I never put out. Yeah. But I keep in the box because yes. I like to look at it. Yes. So there's like stuff the kids made and cards and people, you know, like yep. relatives, some Christmas cards. I just put that all in with the holiday stuff. And so once a year I get to touch it, even yeah. if I don't put it anywhere. So it's a good strategy. Um, another one. And this isn't nostalgic at all, really. This was more like what is when my kids moved into grown up clothes and in particular grown up shoes. <laughs> and I'll tell you the story about Jacob really quick. He wasn't that old. He was. Definitely not wearing grown-up clothes yet. He okay. was still Feet firmly in young yeah. man clothes or big boy clothes. I think he was maybe 12 or something, 12 or 13. Okay. And I'm in one of those big shoe stores, like Shoe Carnival, or one yeah. of those, you know, trying to pick him out a pair of, I'm sure it was dress shoes. Those are the ones you never have until you absolutely need them. And they have to run to the store yeah. and get dress shoes for yep. the event that the they'll wear them once for. Yeah. <laughs> and... I go to, and I know he's not wearing this size and he wasn't with me for some reason. So I didn't have him with, um, but his last size had been, I guess, six, okay, which I think is where it tops out okay. for kids' shoes. I know. I'm, I Allegra's in these overlap sizes and it's still yeah. so confusing to me. I, I, I yeah. spent like, I, I don't know, 25 minutes wandering up and down the boys' shoe st- section not able to find the size. And I was like, how do they sell out all of this size? It doesn't even make sense. And then I asked the sales Aww. associate who said, no, you're in the grown up section now. And I, I was in serious denial. First of all, <laughs> that added like 20 bucks oh, yeah. to the pair, the really size of a expensive. pair of, or the 
costed the shoes. But also I was like, what do you mean? He's not a grown up. Like, how could he be in grown up shoes? That just doesn't make sense. And I like it really like that was the reckoning for me. I had to like work hard to understand that. And he was your oldest. And he was was my oldest. What do you mean I'm getting kicked out of the kids section? I I know. I was like kind of irritated. And then the funny thing is after that, pretty quickly thereafter, he started wearing adult sized T-shirts. And I mean, that took like two more years. Yeah. And then everything just becomes way more expensive. Yeah. It's like a totally different ball game. So <laughs> four of my five kids are now, well, Owen still is in the overlap sizes, yeah. I would say. But but three of them are solidly into man everything. Oh, and Owen is almost into man shoes, but still in kids clothes. Okay. And Claire, oh. of course, is still in kids everything. But that's like, that was hard. Everything looks different. You're not used to being in yeah. that section. You're not used to paying yeah. those prices. It's harder to shop online. because. Yeah. Adult clothes, you know, kids clothes just kind of fit like or they don't. But you know what I mean? They're just like one size, like one one kid size 16 pants um, is the same as any other. Right. But you get into man's pants. It's like they've got an inseam and a waist and a yeah and a length. And it's like, what? It's just different. Too confusing. It's so confusing. Um, And far fewer elastic waist in uh, adult clothes, too, which if you've got a like scrawny little kid with long legs like I have a couple Real hard to find the right pants size right. in adults. Oh, yeah. Man. Um, well, I just had one that I thought of the other day, and that is I have this fishy cup. I know all of you out there have a fishy cup. Megan, you have a China spoon. Or the, yeah, yeah the, the Chinese equivalent. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. somewhere in your house is a plastic serving piece that people fight over. And if you don't, then your kids just haven't figured this out yet. But you will have a fishy cup. So for me, it's a pink fishy cup from a set that there's no other cups in this set. We ended up with it, and it's a little kid size cup and it has fish on it and they fought over it for years I mean yep just because it was the only one um and it's still I got rid of I gave Katie actually Katie Addis who comes on our show I gave her a bunch of my Ikea small plastic cups I I still have some plastic plates I like that and then we got some bigger plastic cups but the little kid size like almost Dixie cup size you know um, I got rid of all of them, but I didn't get rid of the fishy cup. It's still in there and nobody asks for it. Nobody, if I get it out, nobody, I'll sometimes give violet milk in it and nobody fights over it. So I don't remember the last fight over the fishy cup. I do know that I have many gray hairs on my head navigating fights over the fishy cup. And then so, all of a sudden no one cares. <laughs> I'll tell you my story about the Chinese spoon and how that all, how that all uh, resolved. So we, so this was like the scallop spoon. I'm not even sure what it, like what purpose it serves I can picture a scalloped spoon I know I've seen like that kind of I feel fancy. like every yeah. not every set of silverware but some sets of silverware come with like one scalloped teaspoon sized spoon yeah I think we used ours in a sugar bowl or I've seen that's it used probably in a what bowl. it's for yeah. right so we had one and the kids fought over it especially Jacob and Isaac it was really their thing they fought over it all the time well at one point um I decided to replace my silverware but I held onto the the Chinese spoon and then added another Chinese spoon. And also, and what don't do you, you know? not know why, um, why they call they it call, the Chinese I have spoon? no idea why they call it the Chinese spoon. <laughs> this is just something that they decided, they thought it looked Chinese for some reason. So we added another Chinese spoon to the collection and then lo and behold, no one cared anymore. Oh, how funny is that? Now, since there were two and nothing to fight over, yeah, they just didn't care. And now those ones that hardly ever get used. Well, I think there's it's it's a good thing that we don't have to navigate those fights anymore. But there's something no. so specific about that memory yes, that I was yes. like, it, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's an essay about the fishy cup somewhere in me. I just haven't written it yet. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. 
I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. Okay. So we're moving on and we're talking about... So we're talking about transitions. A lot of our listeners brought this up in their social media comments and all of these lasts are part of transitions. But I guess what I'm talking about is kind of where we started at the top of the show, the big ones like moving schools, moving homes. Um, That came up with a couple of people who talked about the last time they were together in a family home where they moved and you've moved a lot. Mm, Has that ever, have you ever had a home that has felt like it was significant enough that you mourned that last that last yeah. time? Mm, you know, again, in theory, yes. But in reality, when you're moving, it's yeah. like you're so right. busy. Right. And what I found was that I, I would always, the first day we all would live in the new house always uh, sneaked up on me or right. I didn't know because you don't know exactly how the move's going to go. You don't yeah. know unless it's like a cross country move where everything is showing up on the same day. Right. Often we would have maybe a U-Haul and it'd be like, okay, so are we going to get everything out today or is it going to be tomorrow? Are we going to do the beds? I will say this time we were super intentional about getting all the beds in the house the first day we, so that we could sleep here the first night. And that was because the kids really wanted to get out of the old house and into this house. They were super excited about being in the new house. So 
in theory, again, I think mentally, I kind of thought we would have this big moment where we would all recognize the yeah. gravity yeah. of having been there all, you know, and, and it was the last time. And really, in, in practicality, it didn't happen that way because we were working really, really hard to right. get everything out. And then there was one point where I ran back by myself to get like a box and the kids didn't go with me. Right. And then and it was just kind of over. Yeah. And then we were in the new house. So, yeah, it's like that thing where you think there's a, this, all this gravitas around yeah. it. Yeah. But then like or gravity around it. And then when you actually get into when it actually happens, it just happens. Right. And you're busy. Yeah. So no. I agree. <laughs> I, and I, I haven't felt as quite as emotionally attached to physical homes. I do. Yeah. I mean, talked about the crib and the chair and the fishy cup. I definitely feel that with some objects and some toys that we are still holding on to. I didn't even get into that. Yeah. But um, less so about the homes I've lived in for various reasons. I, I have felt a little bit about that actually of places that I return to or have returned to with my kids year after year, almost more um, like places we've vacationed a few different times because it's such an awareness of how much older they are yeah. each time. And eventually and you're there to make memories. It's yes, a little different than just living are. your life. Yeah. So I'll tell a quick story. We just returned from Rhode Island where we go every two years. So it's very marked in my memory, like how old everybody is. Cause we really only go every two years and we do the same things every two years. And there's a, an old fashioned carousel in the small town. And it is the kind of carousel where the horses are suspended from above, which I guess oh. used to be how they used to do it. Um, so they kind of swing out a little bit, but because of that, there's a weight limit um, because they're not they're not stable on a platform below. They're actually sort of suspended right. from above. And it's it's from it's like 150 years old. It's this historic thing. And we do it every single time. And I had this panic like, oh, my gosh, is Allegra going to be too big this year? And I like went online and saw the weight limit and she wasn't. But it was very clearly going to be her last summer because we won't go for two years. And in two years, she'll be taller than I am. And um, right. and so I, I kind of had to walk the line. I did want her to know that it would probably be her last summer. But again, I didn't want to like put that on her. And she was a great sport about it. We talked a lot about how when you, when you get older, you also get to do things that the little kids don't get to do and stay mm -hmm. up later and go, you know, she got to go on a trip with us all by herself this year. And I tried to kind of emphasize that, but it was still sad. I mean, there's just, yeah. there's just those, um, those types of vacation places. It's just so much more clear. We're talking about the last that aren't clear, but those it's like in your face because it's in yeah. two years, we'll all be different people, you know? Yeah. I, I think that there's so much to that about how those vacations are just a snippet in time yeah. and the clearly mark the photos from year to year to year or every other year or whatever clearly mark the passage of time. Whereas a house, I've always kind of get this feeling like by the time I leave a house, I have used it up. Yeah. The value you know, has like been it's, had like it's the Marie done. Kondo thing. Like I, yes. this has served its purpose. It's served life. its purpose and it's done. And yeah. honestly, by the second or third day of the move, I want to burn the whole thing down. Yeah. So <laughs> I have no nostalgia left. And the, right. I had that feeling about this. It was kind of funny. I overlapped our last move very purposely. Um, we had like 20 days to get out of the old house and into the new house. And we worked really hard for like the first week. Yeah. And we got everything into this house that we wanted and needed. And we were living here and it was great. And then I still had that house to deal with and I hated it. Yeah. Like that house and I did not go out on good terms. Yeah. And it's not the house's fault. No, it's just it's, that we lived in it for yeah. five years and like things get collected in yeah. different rooms and like it was dirty and it needed like it needed a lot of help. Well, and lasts come, they go hand in hand with firsts. And a lot of these transitions are very exciting, happy firsts. Like I love new starts and yeah. I think a lot of people yes. relate to that. So it is hard to feel sad when I wanted, on the other side. Is, I wanted to focus on the new start, exactly. not on the old baggage. Yeah. Well, let me bring up two other transitions that came up a lot with our listeners and they're kind of two ends of the 
age spectrum of motherhood. So one is adding a new, adding a second baby. So multiple people mm. talked about that feeling of wistfulness, whatever we're going to call it. Um, ennui. Can I use that word? Is that even yeah. correct? <laughs> I think ennui is boredom. Oh, I always think of it as like sadness. I think you're right. Shoot. I'm wrong. You're Maybe not. No, no, I think you're right. I used a word incorrectly a few minutes ago, so <laughs> I will forgive it. We're not perfect. Um, <laughs> but what I was going to say is that that sadness of knowing that you're a family of three, meaning mom, dad, baby, if that's the makeup of your family, uh, before bringing home a second baby. I don't actually remember feeling too wistful about that, but a, multiple people brought it up. And that change that's coming when you're adding a new baby is a big yes. one. And there are last days as an only child. I remember, maybe yep. I remember that a little bit of when I was having my third, I remember thinking that Reed was such a baby. He was two and a half. He wasn't a little baby, but feeling like it was sort of the end of him being the baby yeah. um, more than I remember going from one to two. So I don't know if you ever felt that way. Uh, yes. I have a very distinct memory of walking through like a Michael's with Jacob okay. when he was, you know, 20 months old or yeah. right before I had um, Isaac and just thinking this, like he's my little buddy yes. and it will never be like this again. And yeah. uh, while pregnant, we also went, he and I went on a train trip Oh yes. that was supposed to be an eight hour train trip and we hit a truck or something. And got stuck on the tracks for like six or eight hours. It was ridiculous. But I do remember feeling like I'll never travel the same way with this little guy again. Yeah. Like this our relationship is gonna change. And it did. And that, you know, that that was more bittersweet and yeah. more melancholy, I think, for me than many, yeah. many other um transitions have been because it was something that I was, you know what it was? It was like, I felt like I was losing it before it's time. Like yes. it wasn't like he, he wasn't, he wasn't ready. Into it. it wasn't like the yeah. ones we talked about at the beginning where the kid yeah. is initiating. Nothing cool was happening to him. It was not like he was, <laughs> he wasn't learning something new and leaving something behind. He was sort of having this thing happening and it's a positive thing. It's a yeah. fantastic thing. And it's not like, like you said in another episode, it's not like you're making your, it's something you're doing to your kid, Yeah. but it did change our relationship. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that either of us was like, like really ready for it until yeah. it happened. And the funny thing is once Isaac was born, it was not a thing. Right. Like, I didn't, it didn't bother me. I don't, I mean, he adjusted pretty well, even though there was definitely some acting out yeah. and stuff. This happens. It was, it was fine. Yeah. But there, I had moments Yeah. and he was my first and yeah. all that too. Well, I, with my last with Violet, I definitely was aware at the end of this school year, cause you talked about him being your little buddy and she for yeah. sure is my little buddy. Cause she is like in your face at all times. She yep. doesn't play independently. And so we do a lot of errands together. We run around town and I just, I definitely had a last where it was like the last Tuesday of the school year where she, where we were at the grocery store and that was what we did every Tuesday. And I was like, well, yep. I don't have to take a preschooler to the grocery store anymore next yep. year. And again, I didn't sit there and cry about it, but I was very aware of it. And having that little sidekick, whether it's your first or your last, and that is a, something that school school can change that or siblings can change that yeah. or going back to work can change that, whatever. But those transitions are, yeah, there is a last day. And so yeah. it, it comes with the feels. The other one I wanted to mention that um, we had several Facebook comments, um, Renee, Melissa, Several others talked about kids going to college. And I was, yeah. that was a little surprising just because I think, I, I, or we hear a lot from listeners who have younger kids, but um, that is another, I mean, that's a big transition. A big and, yeah. um, you know, and they're totally out of your house too, which is right. so strange. And yeah. Melissa said, my kids are all graduated as of this year. So it was her last wow. day of packing lunches Congrats. and the last end of school awards assembly. So again, with the last babies, all these things that you've done for multiple years, it's all of a sudden like, it's like a last, last, you know, it's like, yeah, the last, last. Yeah. 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 And I, I think about the school thing. Um, 
I remember having a very similar feeling when Clara was getting going to be going into kindergarten. Yeah. Like, wow, this is like the, I remember taking her to the park on one of the last days when the boys were all in school yeah. and it was just her and me and thinking like, we won't do this anymore. And the funny thing is we really, and then I thought, well, we still could, but we kind of didn't. I yeah. mean, she was getting older after school. She had other things going on yeah. and we didn't just take off just she and I to the park yeah. as much. If, if, if ever again, I really don't remember yeah. if we did or not. Um, but here's the funny thing. When she started school, I realized two things. A, I was not as sad and, and wistful about her not being around during the day as I thought it would be because she was still around plenty. And yeah. when she was, she was still my sidekick. Yes. Like that didn't change. Yes. In fact, if nothing else, she was more needy when she would get home. <laughs> she would, all the things she had to say all day would come yes. out all at once. Yeah. And I was so much less productive than I thought I would be. I remember I mean, that. I mean, yeah. we were working together when this happened because yes. it was four or five years ago. And I imagine I'll be the same way when the last kid leaves the house. Like I'll yeah. think, oh, I'm going to have all this time. And really, I just sat there and stared at a wall for like yeah. four months. I took a lot of naps. I have, could not figure out how to multi. I wasn't multitasking anymore. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with myself. Yes, so. that is that is so true. When, yeah. Have you ever kind of felt that twinge of guilt? Like, oh, my gosh, it's over. And I don't know if I did it right. Or like, oh, if yeah. I, I don't know if I... And now there's no it. going back. And now there's no yeah. going back. That is a really natural feeling. I don't think either you or I are real, like, we're not dwellers in that way, but I've definitely yeah. had that feeling. Even just at the end of the summer, when the kids, I'm so excited for the kids to go back to school. Yeah. And I'm not usually someone who mourns that. But then all of a sudden they do. And I think, oh my gosh, did I, yeah. did, was that a summer? Like, did, did, was it fun? Like, did I do all the things? And I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny about that. I, I was earlier, we were trying to remember what we both had a blog post in mind or an essay that we both wrote. And we were trying to remember what, which that we felt like related to this topic. Yeah. And I finally remember what I think mine was. It was about how, how much I've forgotten. Yes. It wasn't I know that about one. remembering the last that one. Yeah. It was about not remembering yes. and, and maybe not feeling that I gave these moments appropriate yes. weight when they were happening. But yes. then what a fallacy that is. Cause you can't, you can't go around hyper noticing every single moment of the day. That is not right. life. That's not like, how it And works. it would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it actually would make you not that present because if you were working really hard to notice every single thing, yes. you wouldn't, you know, it's like trying to work hard to take pictures of everything. I like, was just going to say that about Instagram because I often think, well, I want to capture this moment in some way, but I actually don't. I, I post on Instagram less when the big things are happening because I can't, my brain can't do both. I might think about it later yeah. and say something, but yeah, you can't be in the moment and then notice the moment. I mean, I guess right. mindfulness yeah. experts might disagree, but you guys know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Oh, that is a great essay of yours and we can link that one up. It's called, you might not remember all of this and that's okay so, or something yeah, like that. Something like I that. did find, I have an essay called the last first birthday about, and I, that was like when I was hyper-focused on the last stuff was really in Violet's yeah. first year. Um, and I'll link that up as well. Um, so I don't know, we can kind of start to wrap up. I, I thought there was some great listener comments from kind of moms with a little more perspective, shall we say. So I okay. wanted to read one from our friend, Jennifer Fink, um, who I know, you know, right. Blogger. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. and so she said, you know, what's been nice for me. We so gradually worked our way up to things that the last didn't really stand out. The last nursing, for instance, I nursed all my guys a couple of years and it was so gradual. I didn't realize it till after. So there was no big last moment. She said, even my oldest son, who's now 20 and living independently in another state, the steps to him leaving were gradual enough uh, that it felt right and normal. And I just thought that was really nice perspective from yeah, a mom is. of young adults. And you would probably agree, Megan, that 
we've talked about the ones that we notice, but there's so many that are gradual and just like the kid just who, happen. Yeah. Just yeah. like the kid who doesn't want you to tuck them in, but then in a week or two they do. And it, it ebbs and flows to where you don't, it would be too painful if everything like had yes, a last. I know? agree. If every, and kind of like what we're just talking about, if everything had to be so marked and you had to notice everything so hard, I, yeah. I feel like I would just be, a train wreck all the time. Like I wouldn't be able to get through the day because I would just be wondering like, is this it? Is this the last time this happens or the last time that happens? It's very, when you think of things in that kind of term, everything becomes almost too heavy. There's too much weight. I think that brings up a really good point for our brand new mom listeners is there are a lot of transitions in the first year and it can feel like there, if you are someone who like tends more melancholy or tends sentimental, it can feel like there are a lot of lasts. Um, They outgrow a onesie in like two weeks. And you think, oh, my gosh, like we didn't even wear the thing. And, right. you know, they're they're everything changes. You go back to work and like the they're, they're now they're, you know, eating solid foods and it can feel like this sort of roller coaster. But that does not yes. last forever. That um, it does the intensity of the speed. I think things do. I mean, it still feels like things are moving fast. I think we would all agree. But yeah. Um, it's and so I obvious remember, that first year. And I don't And think- I remember feeling that and staring at my newborn and, and trying to imprint their little faces yes. on my on my brain. And now I still need a picture to remind me what my newborns look like. Do you like. ever try because, and you do know, that without a picture? Like think of what they looked like. I can't really. Like I I, I, I have yeah. a very hard time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean a little bit. Like there's just this vague, fuzzy yeah. head. And like they all have very like Clara had these huge eyes. I remember that. But like I couldn't, you know. Yeah. No. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's you and you're feeling like things are just like, it's a runaway train of things ending, um, just take heart that first of all, many good things are to come. So there's lots of yeah. really fun firsts, but also I do feel like the last slow down in frequency. They do. You know? They really do. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know any closing thoughts. What's well, the- first of all, I want to tell you, I looked up on we in the dictionary. Uh huh. Okay. Here's what it, here's what it means. <laughs> you weren't all wrong, okay. but you were wrong by the cause. Okay. So the so the dictionary defines ennui as a feeling of utter weariness and discontent resulting from satiety or lack of interest and boredom. Okay. So it is kind of like being bored but more dramatic. Right. Dramatically bored. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with nostalgia. Like I no. was trying to make it fit in this other kind of sadness. But it does, no, you it were, does you were have wrong. a melancholy, like a yeah, a low grade depression you were, due to boredom. Yeah. You were right about the like you were right about the feeling kind or like the level of feeling, but not the reason. Yeah. So. All right, good. I learned a new word. This is yeah. this is all the more <laughs> that you know. Was, yep. Uh, <laughs> any other larger points we want to make? About oh, that? we have to make a larger point. <laughs> no, we don't have to. No, it's I kind of feel like we just did. Yeah. I, I feel like you know, it's it's like these things happen whether we try to notice them or not. I think yeah. it's just kind of the point. Like they're going to happen, and no matter what way you remember or don't remember, there's probably I'm guessing everyone has a mix. Mm-hmm of things that they that clearly stand out and things that they just lost along the way. And there's no, I think we're so hyper-focused on documenting everything nowadays that it's seen as somehow like sinful to like not have some record of yeah. everything. And even if you had a record of everything, you would never have time in your life to go back and look at it all. Yeah. It's just not, life just keeps moving forward. So. And th- there is a record in something. It'll be a right. picture you come across in 15 years and you notice the onesie that they're wearing or it'll right. be, you know, it doesn't have to look like a journal or you yeah. know, the baby yeah. book or whatever. Yeah. I like that. Good. 
good wrap up. Um, so as we do at the end of every show now, we're going to invite you to cue it up with another episode of the Mom Hour from the Archives. And Megan, yeah. it's your birthday week, so I made you choose. Ooh. First of all, happy birthday, Megan, on Thank Friday. Thank you. Yes. I'm now officially in my 40s, um, or going to be in my 40s, which sounds very well, you old. mean after the 40. You've had the big I've been 40, but okay. I didn't feel like 40 was in my 40s. <laughs> okay. I was just Whatever 40. you want to tell yourself. That's the end of the 30s. You know what I mean? Like, like 10 is the end of the first okay. decade, right? right. So okay. I didn't consider myself in my 30s or in my 40s. I was just like in this middle were, year. Okay. I was bridging two worlds. Um, anyway, 41 sounds boring, but that's okay. Uh, so the episode that I wanted to queue up is called We Hate Fun. And I like this one because if people are new to the show, and I feel like we're getting a lot of new listeners lately, um, this one just so perfectly sums up our approach to things like like our personalities yes. and how we've approached things like playing with our kids on the floor and trying to do imaginative play yeah. or like going to parades I mean I feel like we ranted about parades we did we actually recorded it on the 4th of July early early in our in 2015 but then oh, right. we re-released it last year with a new intro so we'll yep. send you guys to the re-release um, but it is from very early, the original. Yeah. And we I think what was funny about that one, well, two things. One, we got more feedback after that episode. We had a tiny little audience at the time, yeah, but we people did. came out of the woodwork to come talk to us about how they also hate fun. Um, but also, I think we just were finding our groove. Like, just yes. we, it was funny. We laughed. Um, well, and I think we were still getting to know each other yes, a lot. Yeah, like, in, I, didn't, I don't way, think it yeah. would have occurred to me that you wouldn't like parades until I said I didn't like parades. Yeah. And then we found out we neither one of us like now parades we know and everything stuff like about that. each other. No, we, yeah, still do, we occasionally <laughs> discover things. Yeah. Um, so that's episode 109. Okay. And the, the more recent version was from July of 2017. So if you just look for episode 109 or go yeah. to the show notes link, yeah. you'll find it. Awesome. I love that choice. Okay, so we will be back with you guys soon. And um, everything we mentioned today will be at themomhour.com. This was episode 166. So you can find all of our great sponsors and everything else we talked about at themomhour.com. Just look for episode 166. Thanks, guys. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi, everyone. Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.